0: And welcome to episode thirteen of the Alexis Pereira program. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira, and with me, as always, is the Spock to my to my Tuvok, Alex Estrada. How are you, Alex? You've never seen an episode of Star Trek in your life. You You know, know, I when I was in eighth grade, my my teacher asked who liked Star Trek, and I lied and I said I love Star Trek. And then she was like, oh, great. So, you know Spock and you know all those. And I said, yeah, yeah, I love them all. And then I went home and for like the next week, I tried to catch up on Star Trek. And I watched like hours and hours of the original and Next Generation and, and just to kind of catch up. But she never asked me a Star Trek related question ever again.
1: <laughs> I like that you did that in anticipation of having to make future small talk with your yeah.
0: uh, teacher. Miss <laughs> Jackson. Ms. I Jackson. I felt so bad too because when I... When I lied, I felt like I was on the spot. It was such a strange lie, too. I was just, why did I do this? But I wanted, I wanted her to like me, right? Of course. So uh, today we have a special guest. She, you could see her on Lloyd Night uh, on this old house. <laughs> uh, she hosts a show at Videology called uh, Live <laughs> <of> Dub Sitcoms. <laughs>
2: This is so sad.
0: <laughs> oh, she wrote for uh, MOD too. I she think. wrote for MOD, right?
2: <laughs> oh God, rest in peace, all these things.
0: Yeah. And uh, um, she has a, a, a radio show uh, on uh, New Jersey WNI whatever. And uh, well. ladies and gentlemen, let's let's cut right through it. You know, uh, we know you want to hear her. Joe Firestone, how are you, Joe?
2: Wow, just a graveyard, an elephant's graveyard.
0: (laughs) That's our tag, Alexis. Yes. (laughs) It's an elephant's graveyard. I love that. I love that. An elephant's graveyard that only people can visit. (laughs) 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 Uh, Um, I wanted to uh, start the show off by uh, talking about something that that recently just happened uh, while we're. A little bit before recording the show, and that is uh, the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. He was Black Panther. He was in 42. And personally, when a celebrity passes, and I, I hope this isn't too cynical, but I don't really feel much about it because you know, I while I might like a celebrity or whatever, I might be not. I don't feel that personal connection to. It. This was the first one I feel like I ever remember. Where I felt like somebody was taken from me. And I feel that way because he was so young and because he was already reaching superstar status. And it just felt like the beginning of his career. And, you, you know, sometimes when you see a celebrity, you're like, oh, they're young. We're about to watch their career unfold before our eyes. And, you know, that shock of like, whoa, all this. Not just that, not the, just the fact that he died, but also the fact that you remember that people could still die of cancer. And I know that sounds stupid, but, you know, I think we all feel that, like, we are getting closer to curing cancer, especially for a younger person or somebody who catches it a little early, though he caught it to stage three. But I, that was all the feelings I went through with uh, with his passing. Uh, uh, you know, what did you guys feel or
2: well, you, what I, you want
0: to talk about?
2: I mean, I just... Uh, so I, um, very new to the Marvel movies, and I'd seen Black Panther, and I really, I, you know, it's such a good movie. And then, like, I just recently watched all the Avengers. Um, not the, not the one in the middle. The, uh, the one. <laughs> Which is the one in the middle? The one with the Nazis. I couldn't do it. Oh, more, is that Captain America? I, there's a Nazi Avengers. Avengers Nazis, I couldn't do it, so I skipped over that one. Mm-hmm. I just read online what I missed. Oh, it
0: might be Wonder Woman too. I don't even know. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> then, that was World War One.
0: Yeah, sorry about that.
2: <laughs> World War One. <I. laughs>
0: That's when the Germans were the good guys. Right. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. Go on back. back to <laughs> so you, Joe. So,
2: so I, uh, I what, uh, I recently watched Avengers Endgame, and when King T'Challa comes back, it's like the greatest moment in any movie. You right. like, I didn't see it in theaters, but apparently in theaters, it's like this, like extreme like feeling of hope that that like his role i don't know just in even sitting on my couch in the middle of a quarantine i was like yeah he's back i love like it just i don't know he's he's just got that he's got such a um a presence and it, it was very clear
0: yeah i don't i similarly don't really like those movies i enjoyed black panther I thought that, uh, he was, he was pretty good in it. I thought, uh, Killmonger was really good in it. I I thought the acting was really good. And I usually don't like the Avengers movies. And again, it's that presence he brought, that gravity he brought. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not, and again, it's not even just that, just as a person too. He was such a great, cool person. It was just like, you just, you just hate that there's a person was a superstar who you didn't have to worry about. And you're just like, yeah. this is a person that's going to be awesome and help. And we're going to see for years. And he was, you know, taken away from us too soon.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, he, I, uh, like was the producer on this bit at, on the tonight show where he was going to come and surprise fans. And oh. so like, we got these fans to like talk to a poster and like say what they loved about the movie and what they loved about black Panther, the character. And then he was, like, watching, and then he'd come on and surprise them. And mm-hmm. people, like, it was, so, it was, people really loved him, you know? And, like, it was so clear, and he was so kind about it. And, like, he, it wasn't like he was like, no, no, don't. It's like he knew and, like, deserved the love. It was like he was, like, a full cup, you know? Yeah, and he was, like, fun. graceful yeah. and, like, I don't know, he just seemed to, like, understand why people loved him and he understood his role in that regard.
0: Yeah. Alex, any thoughts? I'm not going to
1: top Joe, <laughs> 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 but I, I will say, uh, you know, cancer losing someone at, at that age is always a tragedy. But, uh, a thing someone told me once is that, uh, every day that you live with cancer is a victory
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, yeah, I think we can celebrate, um, his victory.
0: I mean, he got diagnosed in 2016, and, and it's it, we live in an age where every, every little detail about every celebrity becomes public instantly. And, you know, it's not just the celebrity themselves sharing it purposely, but sometimes somebody who they share something with immediately just tries to get, you know, attention and says, like, oh, I know this about this person. He lived with cancer for four years without anybody knowing, and then, you know, I think that... His passing was such a shock, too, because nobody... there was was prepared, yeah. Nobody even guessed at all. It was just... It was unbelievable how quiet he was about it and quiet his loved ones were about it. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, again, you know, if you're listening and you feel, you know, hurt or, you know, you're grieving this loss, I I think uh, the three of us are with you. Uh, It was a terrible tragedy. You know, I, I, we all found out about it last night. We were all texting each other and we were hurt by it. And you know, he was, he was a real superstar and his loss will be felt. Right. I think.
1: And, but if you're listening to this podcast, you can take solace at least that Alexis is not doing a monologue. This <laughs>
0: that's week, right. I skipped, <laughs> I usually do a monologue and I skipped the monologue to be, to be serious here. <laughs> um, but I did walk by the strip club that's on my corner. And I did want to ask you guys about this. I The strip club is closed because of the uh, pandemic. So what they have done is they have put outside tables outside the strip club. And the strippers um, are now servers. They can't do their job.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I would never go to a strip club. But because it feels odd, right? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if I was a customer at their outdoor restaurant then I could eventually work my way up to going to the strip club when they reopen. Would that be appropriate? Yes. Like just, hey, you know, this is great. Thank you so much for this margarita. That's $25. Um, maybe when we reopen, you do a dance for me.
2: Yeah, get, Something to, know, like that. Yeah, get to know people and uh, get to get a taste for the chicken wings, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find a reason to go back. Yeah, you know? that's
0: great. Honey, I love the chicken wings. That's why I pay the $45 <laughs> admission fee. <laughs> Hello, uh, it's yeah. It's right in the corner. It's uh, it is it is the friendliest. Uh, there's everybody. There's always like a line when I walk by, and everybody's just having such a great time, even standing on the line. It's all. It, it makes me want to go. I, I was uh, going to say, do you want to support a, a local business and give a local business shout out, Alexis? Mm-hmm. Uh, sapphire's. So now <laughs>
2: you
0: can yeah. Now you can also walk around sapphires and and find me because that's. That's where I live. Yeah, great. That's a
1: great advertisement. Come for the steak, stay for the comedian.
0: <laughs> okay, please. No, no one can see the scare quotes. It's Apparently funny. not. Or well, I can hear them. <laughs> yeah i I guess my I once went to uh, the the closest I've ever done that kind of sort of thing was when I went to Hooters and the uh, woman sit they sit down at your table, the server, and they chat with you and they ask you your name and they write your name down on your on a napkin and they put the napkin like you know what i mean like they're like to they do all these things and i guess even though i love the ladies i feel very cynical about the service aspect of that because mm. i'm like this is a job and i and not that i'm gonna tip you worse or whatever i was kind of like oh you know what you don't like in a weird way i was like really trying to be like you don't have to flirt with like i know you're working and this probably is the worst part of your job. So you could skip. Let's skip that. Just bring me those wings, and I will. I will gawk at you for, from afar. Okay, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I will gawk at you as you walk away. So you're on yes. right. you run the bus, You
2: came strictly for the wings. You're saying you went to Hooters for the wings.
0: No, that's not true either. So uh, my friend, he he said he had gone to Hooters a couple times and he said, the, yeah, the wings are pretty good. And I said, I had never experienced Hooters. Oh, yeah. And, and I said, I, I'd love to experience it. And almost immediately, I was like, I need to tap out. I was, I really didn't like it. The, again, I felt so bad for them because of how much weirdness, how, how like being forced to flirt with the customer is it, such a, I, I feel it's unethical in a weird way.
2: If this makes you feel better, I don't know if it does. First of all, they tell you to do that at any food at any food establishment. Sure. They say even if the boss doesn't tell you, your coworkers will be like, "You should really flirt if you want to get tips." Right. So if they're not flirting, that's they're, her- okay, they're <laughs> hurting. They're, if they're, they're not are, flirting. They're, yes. They're, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but the, uh, also, I you know what I love about Hooters the most is the opaque tights that are tan yes. colored.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. I
2: think that makes legs look wild. Yeah. <laughs> and a little fun fact is I, when I was uh, five and six, like, and they asked me at school what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said, a Hooters girl. <laughs> I really wanted to be a Hooters girl. I really liked that. This was, wow.
0: I, uh, yeah, I guess for me, it was comedian. So, <laughs> okay. oh my God. Alex, what was yours? <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to say that on tape. Yeah. <laughs> I want I thought, to be a comedian.
1: I think at uh five and six, I, I don't know, I think I bounced around a lot from the, the very conventional kids' jobs. So I went uh President. Astronaut. Yeah. Right I don't think I ever said president. That never oh. appealed to me. I didn't want to be in charge.
0: Um No Latin that. will ever be president. <laughs> did they ever do one of those? No, no. Well maybe my dad did once. I'm president. Not sure. I want to be president. You know what they used to tell me when I said I want to be president? They'd be like, Oh yeah, what country? <laughs> I swear I love Star Trek.
1: Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, yeah, fireman, astronaut, like construction worker. Yeah. Wow. The ones that the Lego men did. Interesting.
0: All the white jobs. Wow. (laughs) You know, I actually wanted to uh, bring this story up too earlier, but uh, I was a huge Benny Hill fan when I was four or five. Like, I don't know why, I don't know even know how I got a, a hold of these tapes, but when I was like five, six, seven, I used to make my dad take me to Blockbuster and get me a new Benny Hill tape. And I didn't understand what he was saying or anything like that, but I love the, the gags, you know, because he's like <laughs> a very gag-heavy guy. And, uh, you know, and also the beautiful women and what uh, five-year-old boy doesn't like that. <laughs> but uh, when he, when Benny Hill passed, I think it was maybe nine or ten, I feel like he died in... Maybe even earlier than that. I I can't remember when he passed, but when he passed, my parents had to take me on a a, a car ride and tell me the news. I'm not sure why they did that. Yeah, but I was. uh, They like they took me on a car ride, and uh, we were we were driving, uh, and uh, they were just like "Uh, Alexis, um, we have something, we have some bad news for you. And I was like, oh, what is what's going on? Is you know, or and then they went, uh, Benny Hill died. And I remember very uh, clearly, like, my heart went boom. Like, I don't even know what that feeling is. But I, I don't think I've quite felt it again. But it was such a weird... Because, like, I was also very young. I, I wish I, I remember what year he, he died. Maybe I'll have looked it up. But uh, he, uh, he was, like, such a hero to me. And it, I seemed to understand... Oh, it was 1992, so I was eight. Uh, I seemed to understand the significance of death at the time and it was the first time where it was like somebody i like adored was uh, had passed away it was very uh, it's very strange oh, but again the strangest part of that was from age 5 to 8 i was watching benny hill which is <laughs> apparently a sex show <laughs> like looking back now there are jokes but it's almost like the wings at hooters the jokes are, <laughs> the jokes are the wings the rest is just him wanting to have sex with women, sometimes having it, and at the end there's a big chase because he, he gets paint on somebody or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like, everybody in the world will chase him to the Benny Hill song. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my Benny Hill <laughs> story. <laughs> So let's get to the news. I just spilled a Truly all all over myself. I'm drinking Truly.
2: What's
0: Uh, Truly? uh, It's our show sponsor. Uh, uh, Are you tired of Uh, 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 (laughs) Bonvive? <laughs> then try truly a uh, hard seltzer now in black cherry and raspberry. Uh, truly, it truly is the king of kings. <laughs> no. We'll have to uh, do a, another take on that copy a little later. That's true. Uh, yeah, I got the bi- uh, uh, other sponsor is the Bible, so I got those mixed up. Uh, so we're gonna get to the news. <laughs> Folks, the RNC that stands for the the real national convention. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they had their uh, convention at the White House, I believe, and where Donald Trump made several appearances and at the end accepted the uh, nomination of the Republican Party, and uh, not my party, as I as I like to say. And uh, it was quite a hoot, Danny. Now, Alex, you seem you seem to be watching a lot of it. You kept uh, texting me, say asking, "Are you watching this? This is great." <laughs> you kept saying that over <laughs> and over again. That's right. You are watching this? This is amazing. In my uh, yes, on Mastodon. Yes, I recall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I I watched. Uh, Almost all the keynotes the entire week, and then most of the you know some of the other like minor uh, speeches as well. So I try. I mean, that's something I've always done since I was a kid is watch both conventions.
0: Yeah, you know what? It, it kind of cracked me up is that they seem to have a lot of uh, pop culture figures from the past two years. It was like a it was like a yearly wrap up. Even they had the Sandman kid, that's or right. whatever is the, Cov- the Covington kid, the Covington kid, they right? Had they had the uh, the couple,
1: the Mclohskeys, the sh- uh, <laughs> saving private property.
0: Yeah,
1: and <laughs> you, you know if they'd had the uh, Central Park uh, Karen, it would have uh, yeah. rounded out the whole thing. They should have had her. They should well. The thing is, like, so weirdly, cancel culture like was kind of like the theme of it, and it right. kept coming up a lot, which is strange because I don't think that that's like a platform. Uh, <laughs>
2: Mm. I th- yeah
1: yeah neither of the parties.
2: Also isn't like it felt like the big takeaway was like Trump is nice in person. Like <laughs> yeah. he was really nice just one on one. Really gotta great guy. You got to get hand. to know him. Yeah. You really
1: got to get to know him And he could you gotta pancakes. Go
2: camping with.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get you get drunk together once and he's a friend for life, you know. Well this but this was a, a a response to people talking about Biden and it's funny though everybody seems to have these Biden stories. And then Trump, the response in the Trump camp was, "Well, there are no Trump stories, but if you <laughs> became embedded with the Donald, you would have some stories." Now, nobody will share them. No, nobody that has them will share them. But there are stories out there of this man, and I'm sure he will have future stories as well. If, if you give the him Donald. the chance for another four yeah. years, yeah, wasn't that uh, who's that that? Uh, one of his uh, press secretaries who lasted two weeks, he he was doing that too. He was like, "There are no stories out there, but once you get to know the man, he hits foul shots. Uh, he's a great foul shooter." Remember that guy? <laughs> what is, what's his name? Oh my god!
1: Which one? Well,
0: there's there've been. I think he it was Italian.
1: Oh, oh, Scaramucci! Scaramucci, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to be the guest on another show I produced once. Uh, he kept dropping out. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah, 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 Scaramucci was. I think he, he was in. He was like hired for like fourteen days, but I don't think he ever actually got up to the because I think when they were still like basically vetting him, uh, his entire pass came out, and then he was sort of fired before he even had a chance at that.
0: You're unfortunately wrong, my friend. Huh? He did get up there. He did, and he said the file shooting thing where he said two things about Trump. He said, first of all, he's such a great man. He He's the kindest, warm-heartedest person, whatever. But then he also went into a diatribe about Trump being the most amazing athlete of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, he said, this man, I've seen him shoot a 110 foul shots in a row swishing every one this man could throw a spiral 30 feet and (laughs) that that's what freaked trump out because Trump told him, you know, talk well at me or whatever. But then Trump watched that press <laughs> conference. And he was like, don't tell them I'm Spider-Man. Now I, I got to do all that stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, now I got to get on Twitter and, you know, sink 30 foul shots in a row. Uh, right. That's nuts. Well, just funny because it's a character endorsement from a guy who, like, you know, divorced the mother of his child or something, like, while she was having the baby or something. Right? He right. He called her up. Uh, yeah, the mooch.
0: I think he – wasn't he the guy who put – the oh yeah, Some, I mean I, I feel like he might have been the guy who put the name uh, that uh, on the on the birth name uh, while the, his wife was in labor or something like yeah. that. I can't remember uh, something like that, but yeah, yeah, he that was Demooch. But yeah. but that seems to be a theme in the Republicans. That's what I'm trying to say. That they they are everybody seems to have this persona of Trump as being a gruff guy, and Trump is like, tell them, don't give them any real specifics, but tell them I'm good, you know. Think of something. (laughs) Figure something out, you know. Uh, And that seems to be very important to Trump. (laughs) But again, no specific stories. Never ever it's like, oh, you know, Donald gave me $20 when I need – you know, anything. Just even make it up. Like nobody ever has a story like that. It's always like people have (laughs) stories. The story (laughs) is about people having stories. (laughs) Um, So on top of that, we saw a little New York City action in the RNC, where, and I watched this video where they got some people who live in the public housing in New York City, and a former uh, Department of Housing person who um, no longer works or whatever uh, filmed them talking shit about our boy de Blasio, uh, who listens to this podcast, by the way, so be careful. <laughs> and they said that Trump has been giving them a lot of money. Trump has been helping out. I don't know if this is true or not, or whatever. But then uh, they, uh, uh, after it aired, they all said that they got tricked and they thought it was an official <laughs> uh, interview. Uh, yeah, yeah. which I don't believe. Yeah. Which I don't believe. By the way, I think really? they got. I think they said. I think they did it. Like I think they were just like, oh, do you want to talk shit about De Blasio and do this for Trump, and uh, uh, they were like, yeah, sure, why not? I don't care. All right. Well, and Alexis, you've you've been on plenty of
1: uh, non-union uh, shoots before, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will only do non-union. I will only I do non So, right. yeah,
1: so, you know, you get those waivers. Like, how closely do you really read them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, uh, folks, if you're tuning in and you think that I can't get it up, all right, that was a commercial. <laughs> all right, I can get it up. You give me a 10-minute window, within that 10 minutes... And it might be nine fifty nine, but I, I I can get it up without the, those pills that I was hawking. And I, you know, that was that was quite the buyout. I bought an Xbox with that buyout also. So, um,
2: I, I, but again, I, I, I hope I, that they pay you more than what it costs for an Xbox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a used Xbox too. With that, that's right. <laughs> no you, controllers. <laughs> yeah, but it was used by Charles Bronson. So. <laughs> Sure, maybe they didn't know, but I think that they just didn't know how many people would be watching that video, mm. and then and then it was on national news, and then all their friends found out, mm. and they were like, "No, I got tricked." I don't know. That's my guess mm. because it's it felt so official the way they said it. When you watch the video, they're like so like, "Oh yeah, Trump came in and Trump saved NYCHA when De Blasio was." Why would you say that randomly in an interview?
1: Am I am I I mean, I guess, it, I guess it depends on like the circumstances in terms of, you know, how they were brought in, what was uh, offered to them. And we also know that sometimes that in these, you know, in the interviews, they might say something, you know, we, we've all seen reality TV, right? Lexus, yeah. right. I know you're a big 90 uh, day fiance. That's uh, right. I've, I was on three three seasons
0: <laughs> looking for four.
1: There you go. So yeah, so you know, who's to say like what actually happened during the uh, the filming of it? I, either way, it came out that these people did not appreciate being used as uh, political partisans, which I think most of us uh, would empathize with.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got. I I'm not saying I don't empathize with them. I feel bad for them because whatever happened, they just didn't know what it will be used for. I. But you know, I don't know. What do you think, Joe? What do, what I think, do you? Yeah,
2: I, I think that probably there was some, just in. Just in, like, knowing how, like, yeah, like, any kind of news or media works, it's like you never tell people everything. It's like you, it's like you always have the upper hand, and I'm sure that they got, they got some, they did some kind of weird stuff to get. That those kind of sound bites
1: out of that. there. We go. That's yeah. like, that, and that's how Joe got on this podcast too. That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> I told Joe that uh, uh, I am DJ Alexis Pereira from Venezuela, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I love him. I use his mixes for lovemaking." And, uh, <laughs> and then she saw me. Uh, for the, for you listeners at home, Joe and I, we go way back. Uh, I'm talking almost the O, o uh, the O's.
2: The
0: O's. Yeah, the 2000. What do you call it? The Ots? Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. We did. Uh, we you do, you once did a talk show. This this was such a this this is very uh, close to my heart. You once did a talk show at UCB uh, at uh, 2 a.m. or whatever, however the late <laughs> night with Joe Firestone, and you asked me to be your co-host for that one uh, one hour. That was that was so nice of you. So well, you know.
2: Who and, else? Who else? You know what I mean? Who else should have? There is no one else.
0: There you go. There <laughs> you there's just no one else. Yeah.
2: I well, you know, that, what? I think that truthfully, I thought, I I was like, listen, I don't know if I can pull this off, and I don't want you to, I don't want you to take this out. Of, I don't want you to take this. Okay, mm-hmm. run with it. But I I'm will not saying, take it. I'm just saying that I I was like. This guy will save it. This guy will save
0: it. <laughs> he checks all the boxes. Diversity, you know. <laughs> He's my cover. Yeah, exactly. There
2: were many moments where I was like, this this is not funny. And then you'd say something, I'd say, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no,
0: back. it's funny. I, I thought you were so funny in it. And And, and, and again, our guest was Todd Barry for mm-hmm. that one. That was so fun. He was one of my favorite comedians growing up not anymore but <laughs> uh, so what else happened at the RNC the then Trump made some spe- the speech uh, uh, about how basically he said so I'm having this difficult issue because I kind of understand where they're coming from here he's saying that the democratic cities or whatever like New York City or whatever he's saying they're hell holes
1: mm-hmm.
0: these are hell holes people can't go out anymore like if you live in New York you there's a burning t- tire fire. Right outside your window right now. Uh, true or not? He's, that's oh, what they're saying.
2: Oh, and, let me look.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, it's, well, good. Careful, it's good.
0: Careful. <laughs> and he's saying that if Biden wins, this is going to be for the entire America. That's what he's saying. Now, yeah. the Democrats push back and they say, you're the president. So the stuff that's happened in New York, that's on you, buddy. But I kind of, it's it's a weird argument because also I I find that such an odd argument. Angle to take of being like, well, that's your fault, you know, because I also think it's true. Yeah, it's not it's not lawless. Well, you and, you and I, I think
1: I told you at this discussion. So my sister lives in San Francisco. And uh, as you know, San Francisco is having a bit of a uh, what's well, had a bit of a housing crisis. And that's being uh, exacerbated uh, because there are many people without homes uh, who are on the streets. Uh, and there are various social issues that come from that. Um so the a discussion that I had with her was talking about like well you know people blame that on Nancy Pelosi uh she's the uh the House majority leader uh she's been in Congress for years and yet her district uh has people defecating on the street and uh open drug use and the city is not doing anything about it and my sister the way that she phrased it to me was well that's that's not what her job is necessarily she's a representative of the interests of the district of the voters and so we sort of uh, grade her on her effectiveness to sort of convey our message and our values uh, in Washington. The, right, to the uh, country. Right. Uh, the problems in in San Francisco are caused by uh, state and local policies and politicians, um, and the, the processes here that sort of prevent them from uh, putting in place uh, remedies to these issues, to these problems. And, in, in sort of, and it sort of cuts back the other way, too. I know that there was a... Um, um, an ad for a baltimore representative that went uh, somewhat uh, viral uh, where the uh, the republican uh, nominee uh, was walking through the streets basically arguing that democrats have done this to our city uh, and that she was going to stop it and so there's you know, some truth in that in terms of like local leadership uh, gets the primary, uh, blame for things going wrong. But at the same time, the, the representative really does not have the ability to sort of go in there and, uh, you know, build affordable housing or correct the sewer systems, uh, or like make crime vanish. Like that's not something that's not really within their, uh, their wheelhouse. Like they can speak to those issues and seek federal solutions for them. Uh, but ultimately it's the folks uh, that are running the joint that shared the ultimate responsibility.
0: Well,
2: huh.
0: uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, but what what I find it odd, though, is uh, I don't know who exactly people will blame at the at, on election day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or or what are they going to be afraid of? Because because basically Trump's thing is, you see that madness that's happening. If Biden wins, everybody. That's we'll, policy, right? Yeah, we'll be uh, under that. Uh, but I actually think most people don't think that about Biden. I think that, oddly, his battle with Bernie, and I think I've said this before, now people think that's Bernie. All, all this stuff with, like, you know, this socialism and people fighting in the streets, that's Bernie, and Biden hates Bernie. <laughs> and I think, I think moderates are kind of like, yeah, Biden's our guy. He's going to, he'll be fine.
2: Well, isn't Biden, Biden is... Uh, like giving more money to the police. Right.
0: Right. right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it does seem, str- I guess that that is like the, that's the best move if you're really, like, I'm just saying like if you're a really bad friend and then you're like, well, you're the bad friend. I think that's the approach <laughs> Trump is doing, which is uh, pretty smart, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that and I've done that. I pull that trick on anybody who calls me a bad friend.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's like everything. It's like if somebody's calling me short, I'm like, actually, you're short. And uh, even if you know it doesn't matter, you just say it.
0: Well, it was interesting in the twenty. Was it 2020 or ABC News or something like that, where they asked Biden, "Oh, you know, Trump said you're going to cut the police," and Biden's like, "Actually, Trump." (laughs) <laughs> that's my, is that my <laughs> Biden person? Actually, Trump said he's oh, going to... A, yeah. a terrible impression. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to cut the police or whatever. And uh, it's like funny that we're having this who likes the police more battle yeah. because, I don't know. I also, even though I think that the general public likes the police, the general public also is afraid of getting over-enforced.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I, it's interesting how people don't really... Think about that in, in those terms. Nobody likes getting a speeding ticket for $300. <laughs> no, and the you know? curfews
2: make people furious. I mean, yeah, it's just like it's a huge violation. Everybody hates them. Even before the protest, people, when people got curfews, it was like this huge debate.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And so it's interesting how the Democrats get in there. And rather than being like, you know, we'll assuage you of... You know these parking tickets, this red lights, this going to jail or whatever for all these minor stuff will help. Will help with that. Instead, they're like, no, we're f- that's fine, but we need more police to enforce it. That's the problem. Yeah, and you uh, know
1: everybody wants to jaywalk. Nobody wants to be hit by a car. <laughs>
0: apparently. <laughs> oh, you know it's interesting. I watched this uh, this viral uh, tweet. Recently, where somebody had a JPEG or a, a GIF of um, people uh, dodging trolleys in Brooklyn or whatever. And they said, this is the way people used to walk until car companies made up jaywalking laws. And uh, even though I don't like car companies, I can imagine that if there were no laws about where and when you could cross the street, the, uh, the deaths mm. <laughs> would be... <laughs> Astronomical <laughs> You know I, I uh, Those laws ain't just for uh, the cars <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, and, and again it's, it's like very funny how people will sometimes side with like They'll just like be like Oh the car companies made this up And again I'm not The side of the car companies But like we can't have people walking Across highways like Whenever it, they want
2: I think in, in LA it seems more intense Than jaywalking Because I've never gotten Like I've never known anybody in my life living in New York that's gotten in trouble for jaywalking.
1: Yeah, that was a that was an adjustment for me, too, because growing up, like people, you know, people would one of the big issues they had with the uh, the police department in my hometown was they would give like seventy five dollar tickets for jaywalking. Jesus uh, And so, yeah, so it was a whole enforcement thing. And I came here and I would stand at the street corner and wait for the light. <laughs> and my, I see my sister walking into traffic and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, you know what, how much a uh, jaywalking ticket is in New York? And I said, what? And she said, two dollars. And I've never seen them. It. I was like, OK, <laughs> they pay <give> you
0: seventy five dollars <laughs> too. <laughs> <it. laughs>
2: hurrying in and along. Come
1: exactly. On. Exactly. So, yeah, so it is. A, I think it is sort of a cultural thing for us. But I don't I know that in uh, Washington, D.C., like they're trying to make it a thing. But there have been tons of people who have been hit by cars. Because the, yeah. the jaywalking culture
0: is not as strong as it is in New York City.
2: Well, I think in L.A. it's like $150.
0: It's right. more. It Sometimes it can go up to like $400, $500. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Jeez. It's huge. Yeah. I, I've seen people put up Why go tickets. anywhere at that point? Yeah. <laughs> Just stay. Get in your
2: car. Get in your car.
0: Can you imagine on your way to an audition, you get like a jaywalking ticket for like $700 and you're like, I really have to book this. I have to pay. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine going to an audition?
0: Uh, that was true. That was true for me before oh, the, God. the pandemic. So uh, yeah.
2: I, I guess hmm. this is totally unrelated, but I was considering doing an acting class over Zoom.
0: Teaching or it, doing? Teaching or do, taking it. Taking oh sorry.
2: And in order and it's three hours once a week over Zoom. And then I then they were like, You have to audition to get in the class over Zoom and it was like just the idea of memorizing a monologue and then doing it for your computer (laughs) and then not getting in (laughs) just seems like (laughs) it's more than
0: for your computer it's more than I
2: could possibly take but okay we
0: have uh, (laughs) Joff Fieststone Joe Fereststone here for auditioning tour the uh, alfonso uh, <laughs> Constanzo, uh acting class uh this is for 201 so you have to audition <laughs> now uh, I gave you a monologue uh, monologue as we say in my country what country and is this, yeah way? you will I, this uh, I'm from Trenton, needed, New Jersey I know, Excuse me I need to know which uh, defense League to expect a letter from I am from <laughs> I am from Trenton New Jersey okay so uh, here's the monologue uh, this is uh, called uh, Ex-wife voicemail And this uh, (laughs) Was an actual voicemail True to life You want to do live to uh, Live to script This is a part This is uh, a 301 We do live to script And uh, this was a voicemail Where my ex-wife asked me Where is her uh, monies Because uh, I I have to pay her $100 a month To her uh, uh, What do you call it When you give your wife monies Uh, Um yeah uh, a, a settlement so <laughs> i, I had to give her a settlement 100 a month but uh uh then one day i, re- I realized <laughs> i have her i have her p number and i went in and i took her savings and i, I took her savings and i bought apple uh, <laughs> uh so i bought apple stock but so not I that not not the look. steve not the steve jobs apple not the Steve Jobs Apple. Oh my God! Uh, Fuji Fuji Apple. Uh, which I, is my I have favorite
1: to apologize apple. to our listeners. Alexis has performed a monologue
0: <laughs> <laughs> and scene. So you have to do that monologue, uh, Joe. Um, yeah, that's weird. That's wild. Also, I, the um, acting is so much about presence and knowing how to read your stage scene partners' uh, energy, and mm. doing it over Zoom must be so. <laughs>
2: so weird so weird i couldn't i couldn't do it i i said no i couldn't do it
0: wow save my money the save audition money. I, I would do it just for the audition just the audition <laughs> for, the, for the story yeah
2: well i feel like there's this expectation to like maybe be somewhat a better person and more skilled like yeah after this and i'm doing
0: that actually i'm do i'm taking classes
2: when when what
0: so, I'm taking, like, they're not, like, in-person classes but or, or live classes, but I'm taking a, a class on how to uh, do uh, filmmaking, like, uh, you know, just, like, videos where wow. I learn how to, yeah. Nothing court-ordered this time. That's great. That's right. Yeah, well, you know, that's how it got me into this mess, filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, people have to know you're filming them. Uh, so, you know, which would ruin the art. That's what I, mean, I was saying. Apparently, say.
2: neighbors have to know you're filming them.
0: Well, you know, like I always say, like, I'm tired of uh, – uh, hearing my neighbors fight and seeing them fight across the street. So, yeah. N- Next time they should lock up their toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, why? Why is the toilet facing the street?
2: And why do they have an outhouse? <laughs> <laughs> Get in
0: the Yeah. There you go. There you go. I, I would love to do the monologue though, just to show up and like, uh, hi, uh, Alexis Pereira. <clears throat> People call me a madman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just
0: just a weird truette like the uh, oh monologue from Mad Men or something Wait, like jo- that joe did they make you would they
1: have made you audition with a uh like a like a film monologue or like something from a
0: play like how would it have
2: they said contemporary one to two minute monologue and i was like i don't even know what that means anymore i don't even <laughs> yeah. know
0: contemporary means uh, after 1987 yeah, God.
2: Oh my gosh, I'm not contemporary. <laughs> oh no. Uh,
0: yeah, sorry. You just show up. You're like, uh, excuse me, what yeah. year were you born? We'll uh, we'll bleep that out. We'll be like, yeah. Shakespearean. Hooters was around when you were five. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of here, young lady. But actually, you you look young. So thank
2: as, you, you. You know, for i always, saying I, that. That's I've always said that about you. Is that the name of the episode?
0: No, we always name the episode after the person uh, because uh, that gets us the most hits. <laughs> you know, I no, used an I Your stay. neighbor
1: uh, Googles your name again tonight. Yeah. Another uh, result.
0: Like, my neighbor's going to email me. It's like, hey, uh, uh, can I get my mail back? <laughs> uh, please give my mail back. One time uh, years ago, this is when I first moved into my apartment. Some When I, I moved in. And then somebody put a note on the wall saying somebody's stealing the mail. And uh, I ignored that. But my mailbox was broken. And so I guess people assumed it was me. So my neighbor rings the doorbell and he goes, oh, somebody wrote a note on the wall saying somebody steal the mail. And I said, uh, yeah, I, but I didn't write that. And he goes, uh, this is a pretty safe building. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I didn't write it. I swear I didn't write it. And he goes, so if you want to fix your mailbox, it's like a dollar. At the mailbox uh, like at a hardware store you get a new mailbox thing and I was like I don't care if somebody steals my mail good for them <laughs> go ahead <laughs> my I problems don't care problems, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right oh. that's right you have my pen pal Yeah. yeah. if you open my, the bill you have to pay it <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's the rule My, I saw my uh, the mailman today his, and uh, he shaved his head and I was like oh he shaved your head and he goes I used to have hair like yours <laughs> I was like, wow. I I guess I never really.
0: Yeah, maybe they had maybe, the same hair. Yeah, maybe you're opening his mail and taking his hair. <laughs> like, that's what he Like, <laughs> I used to have hair like yours, and I live in this building. That's gotta suck, by the way. To if you, uh, for a mailman to like for his neighbors to be like, hey, by the way, like it's been a little slow lately.
2: <laughs> he's he's pretty good. He's like uh, I'm, I would recommend him. Okay,
0: I'll check that out. I'll I'll yeah. live in yeah. his route.
2: Yeah, yeah, move in <laughs>
0: or his route. <laughs> so uh, the next bit of news I want to talk about uh, the uh, there was a uh, another unfortunate shooting in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and uh, a man was shot. And again, I think the the point people are saying is people are literally protesting these shootings every night. It's it is the news people protesting and the police again did it shooting somebody seven times in the back uh, as he tried to walk away uh from you know whatever the police or fight or whatever and uh what so i want to make two points about this um uh you don't get the death penalty for not listening to somebody you know what i mean like i don't people are like you know you know if you don't comply you know that's that's on you and now you are going to face blah, 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 or whatever. I just, I don't know. Can we live in a country where, I don't know, you know, somebody gets, you know, detained or whatever, but I don't know. It's like if he wasn't doing anything violent at the time and it just seemed like, why does it have to be the death penalty? No. Because of because of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm making an odd point here, but it's just, it just feels like people, people seem to assume that if you don't listen, that's it, you've, you've given your life no, away. no one and, wants to know. live
2: in, that, in right. that kind of world. And right. if that was kind of, if, I think if, if, it seems like maybe if white people had white sons that were constantly in danger of being killed just for not, you know, for not listening to every single word the police say, like, there, there would be change right but it's yeah. it, you know it's like these are people's sons these are people's brothers these are people's dads it's it's just it's crazy how quickly their people are shot and it's like there's no th- that's not a society anyone should want to live in
0: I really feel that it has been it has pervaded our psyche I and and again I don't know if this is TV or whatever and I feel like we've been talking about this Almost every week because there are incidents every week. But again, I just feel like w- there are people waking up to the fact that I think this, this, uh, you, and again, a lot, some people do comply and they still, they still get shot. Yep. You know, again, I, it, I don't want to say that either, but it's like, why are the, why are people so okay with the police having the power to murder and the, the, and the protections that they get from, right? It,
1: well, that, you it, know? I think it, you know, to bring this back to a law point of view mm-hmm. i think Thank a lot you. of it com- does come from uh sort of our uh, english and western uh, notions of uh, justice and authority uh, the idea that the the crown uh the sovereign has the right to uh you know uh, in, in most cases it's supposed to be a monopoly on choosing uh the circumstances in which they can kill their own citizens and that's mm-hmm. been uh something that's been around for um basically since there have been kings more or less and i think that uh you know the current uh, the current circumstances are sort of forcing everyone to kind of look at that, how that power is used, if it's applied, and if it's ever really even been uh, been valid. This does raise a lot of questions about the, uh, the power of authority, uh, this idea that the state has the right uh, to exercise a monopoly on ending its own citizen's life. And that's been a question that's uh, been around as long as there have been governments. And I think the current circumstances are sort of forcing all of us to confront and to question uh, how valid this arrangement has been, this part this sort of uh, understood portion portion of the social contract uh, because we're also seeing the limits uh, even in terms of the questions of like self-defense like that was a thing that also came up this week uh, because in response to the unrest uh, to the uh, caused by the uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake, uh, there was uh, another national incident in which a young man uh, used an AR15 to shoot uh, protesters. And then claimed, uh, the exercise, the lawful exercise of self-defense. And so, and this has been a thing going on about whether or not, uh, people have the right to use, uh, deadly force to protect property. They don't, uh, under the <laughs> law, but, uh, there are circumstances in which if things escalate, you know, we take, uh, we take measurements, we figure out, uh, whether or not it was a valid exercise. And if the response to that exercise was valid, it, it's insane. And it's all based on these, you know, old notions that have been with us since before we were a country uh, that really don't apply anymore.
0: Yeah. And even in England where, you know, they invented kinks or whatever, uh, they now are very strictly anti the ability to kill. Right. The uh, police don't even really carry guns. You know, I mean, that's part of because, like, in England, guns are illegal anyway, so they don't really totally need them. But then, you know, they gave us a prisoner recently, one of the uh, people who joined... um, uh, uh, the Al Qaeda or whatever, the um, and uh, they gave it as a prisoner, but they said they'd only give it to America if they promised not to do the death penalty. Right. And so uh, it's like they're very strict about it over yeah, there.
1: Yeah. Another, other Western countries too. Uh, France, for instance, has famously refused to ship back prisoners that would face the death penalty. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah. So it's it's something that we uh, we need to confront, uh, yeah. whether or not we will is a an open question. I'm leaning towards no. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, But I think you know, like everything else, uh, it's time to sort of reexamine like what our relationship is uh, with our government, with the people who represent
0: uh, represent us. And and just to tie back to the original point, I don't think the country as a whole likes that this ultimate authority, and that's why I find it so silly that Biden is like trying to race Trump to be the most authoritarian. I don't really think that like people I think I think people like the cops, right? But I also think that a lot of them have had bad experiences with police who are like have the end all be all of like the law. And I think that if somebody came out and was like, "You know what? The government is like a little too powerful here, you know, ex- 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 inflicting violence and inflicting the laws. I think we need to chill a little bit." There there people would be happy with that.
2: Yeah, I but I think also it's like there's – and this has been, you know, talked about to death. But the, there is this thing where cops are heroes in, like, so much media. And, like, I just re- recently re The Fugitive. And in The Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones plays this, uh, like, FBI guy that's – U.S. Marshall, thank sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and he, uh, he just goes in to, uh, the, like, you know how, like, Harrison Ford and the other guy escape the bus prisoners at the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then this guy ends up like going home and like getting back with his wife and Tommy Lee Jones comes in and just shoots the guy in bed a, a black guy in bed there's no provoking it shoots him dead and then it's just like get over it mm-hmm. and sure. leaves yeah. the house and the woman is screaming and he she goes he goes shut up and that's supposed to be a funny line and it's mm-hmm. like that's the kind of thing where it's like We watch these things and we don't think about it. The Fugitive was a hugely successful film. And it's like we identify with Tommy Lee Jones and it's like, I don't know. I just think it it sends this message that, like, who is okay to kill and who's okay to, like, root for. And it's it's really messed up.
0: Oh, of course. And also just even the fact that Hollywood gives the U.S. government final script approval on many films about the police and the military –
2: Whoa. I mean, I did know, not know
0: that. Well, yeah, because if they want to use uh like an airplane or something like that, the government and they often do because they want to save money, uh the government would be like, Yeah, I'll give you that for free. But again, I want to make sure that, you know, this, yeah. these lines are it, in there. It's
1: insane. When I was a kid, I used to think that uh movie studios just like built uh everything that was used in the in the movies. So mm-hmm. like that they would have tanks and like uh planes and like like all that's I was under the impression that everything worked and that they made it for the film. I didn't realize that it had been uh, basically leased from the U.S. Army in exchange for, um, like, basically using it as a recruitment thing. Like, Top Gun yep. is essentially a recruitment for the uh, the U.S. Navy.
0: Media, uh, uh, government, the rich, I feel like they're all complicit in this. They're all, like, very afraid of the, the, the proles uh, rising up against them. So they basically want to give uh, lethal force to the police. And basically, we pay for it.
1: Wait, Joe, are you afraid of us? Yeah, what's
0: going on
2: here? It's <laughs> a very good question. Thank you for asking. I was hoping, I was waiting for somebody yeah. to ask and for me to say yes. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's just, I, I think it's kind of, uh, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like we're all so complicit in all of these systems and it's hard to know, like, how to do anything about it. theres It does seem like we kind of are in this web of distractions and... um and biases, and I don't know.
0: Yeah. Are well, we brave
2: new world? I don't yeah.
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> well, we might, uh, uh, is that the, the Huxley book? Is that yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I think the only people who are complicit are the rich. That's what I always say. Everybody else, we're just we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to keep our heads above water, okay? Did you
2: Did you read that article about how it's not even like the top 1%, it's the top 9.9%? That are yep. really – and it's, like, this crazy thing about how there's, like, this uh, wall between, like, the 9.9 top percent and then everyone else. And it's, like uh-huh. – How much how much do you have to make
0: for the 9.9 percent? How much is you that think a year? You have to
2: make uh, either $3 million or $12 million.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, wow. I, I better go because <laughs> – a lot of people, you know, it's funny, a lot of people always say about me, it's like, you know, I, I'm like a socialist, but they're like, man, Alexis, when as soon as you make it, you will be the fucking biggest capitalist, you know, <laughs> and it's so true. I really will. I really. am like with Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, be like, you know, I pulled myself up from the bootstraps, you know, I made my own bootstraps. I had to eat bootstraps. <laughs> and in fact, you know, being poor made me funny. So, you know, you got to be thankful you can't eat. Uh, final story I want to talk about. Folks, I don't like to uh, get down on other people's sexual proclivities. Okay, I don't like to kink shame. I myself, I'm a very meat and potatoes. Okay, you know, I go to the drive-through. I'm in and I'm out. You know, I don't need to. I don't need all these bells and whistles. Okay, I don't <laughs> what need What you talking
2: you know, about? <laughs> I don't
0: need a belt around the neck. I don't need. You know, I don't need any of that stuff. Um, what do you call it? Sometimes you have that, those little. Uh, 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 needles under the bed. I don't need any of that stuff. But, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, he is a little bit of a, a little bit of a kinky guy. And uh, according to his pool boy, who he then went into business with, (laughs) um, he likes to watch handsome young is he latino is the pool boy latino or is that i just make, am just making am i just i think you're, uh, I think you're projecting everything? i'm just projecting myself yeah I, I apologize <laughs> i apologize cabana oh it's cabana boy he's not a cabana boy he's a pool boy uh his pool boy a white pool boy by the way there are they're out there uh uh jerry fallow jr was watching uh according allegedly was watching uh, a white pool boy have sex with his wife for uh,
2: years right for many yeah. years
0: Apparently, he liked it so household. much. Yeah. yeah, he liked it so much that he then like let him buy a a hotel. He like he bought a hotel and made him the manager or something like that to keep him, <laughs> to make him to shut up. Yeah, right. It was like no, no. It was in a hotel. It was a hostel. It was a hostel in Florida. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my
1: god! What? I mean, the didn't you read about this? are just so. I, I did. I just like but the, you know, the the wackiness of it of like. You know, to shut you up, here's a job, like, you're watching over these uh young, traveling young people uh, <laughs> You can't afford enough to, like, stay in a real hotel.
0: Oh, that's right. I bet it was, like, his, like, weirdo idea, you know, it's just like, you know, like, you're young, I bet young kids, you know, that's a great business, why don't you uh run a hostel, and, uh, uh you know, we'll keep those tapes. I wonder if there are tapes and stuff. I, I, I mean, stuff. probably, usually there are, there are always tapes. Yeah. Ugh, I mean,
2: I wonder I wonder what you do if you are, like, into it, if you do have a kink and you have that, like, that kind of person as your father. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, do you, like, what can you do? I don't uh, know. What you, you can only buy someone a hostel.
0: That's a great, em- you know, that's a great empathy from you, right? <laughs> because you, uh, Joe's right. Like, Jerry Falwell Jr., he has his father's name. He can't not be a priest or whatever the fuck he is. You know, he has to be. Uh, uh, a religious guy. And uh, he was forced into it. Now he's running a school, Liberty University. Um, but he, he's got a dark side. He's got a, a sexy side. And uh, yeah, what, what, what do you do, I guess? I don't know.
2: I mean, I think it's like when you name, when you're that kind of powerful, uh, like kind of like uh, idea man, and then you name your son that same name, that's, set, that's a, setting a path for him. Yeah, you know that's saying. You better be normal, guy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, because Fal- his dad, Falwell Sr., was the uh, the anti pornography crusader. Correct. That was. I mean, that was one of the things that he did. I, I don't know. I much remember about him I most from the People versus Larry Flint. Oh, oh, is that him? Yeah, he's the guy. Oh, he was, he was the guy that uh, that sued Larry Flint for uh, for defamation.
0: Played by Woody Harrelson in the yeah. Played by Woody uh, Harrelson.
1: That's right, famously.
0: Uh, Yeah, I didn't know that was him, but he was, like, a mega, like, he was, like, a speaker. Like, people used to really love going to his things in the 70s or whatever, his, like, uh, sermons. Um, Right. What do you call those? Like, a mega, I don't know. Mega churches. Mega church. Well, I guess, guess, yeah, yeah. it was before the, yeah, the mega was sort of during that, like, the
1: early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, like, great revitalization. Yes. uh, That sort of, like, right before Reagan got into office where there was, like, a big interest in uh, evangelical. Uh, sort of an evangelical resurgence uh, among the American middle class.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad, my dad even said it was like I got tickets to Fallwell when I was young. <laughs> it was great. Whoa! It was, yeah, it was great. Tickets Love to the Fallwell. I got tickets. The, uh, uh, those like reverends, they were almost like stand-up acts traveling the circuit at a, at a certain like basically like it's like big Ten revivalists. You know,
2: that's like Trump though. They like Trump is like he's like funny. That's like his thing. Yeah, it's so sick. It's truly sickening, but that's like he, he like has these like revivals
0: where You're he's absolute, like, "Be afraid
2: yeah. and hey, this is a big show,
0: yeah. folks." <laughs> I do Not talk about my ass, but uh, he said that <laughs> recently. The thing, the ass thing. Uh, he he really is taking that. That's a that's a really uh, intelligent point. He really is taking that uh, tradition. Of uh, going around the country, preaching your sermons, you know, doing new stuff every now and then, but mixing yeah. in the favorites. Trump is doing that, except he's, uh, and uh, look, I don't give a shit, you know, but he's yeah. never even looked at a Bible in his life. So he has to just, <laughs> you know, make shit up or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, even in his speech on, it was sort of funny because it started like very, I think, very, uh, earnest. And, uh, very on script. And then he started doing those little, like, sort of, you know, like, I guess you call them the preacher sides. Like, you know, we're in this house. What's this house called again? Like, you know, that, you know, like, sort of cutesy, like, uh, yeah. you know, red meat, I guess. He loves, well, he's, he's got
0: some, i sorry, go ahead,
2: Wasn't it illegal to use the White House?
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, it was, it's so funny because that it happened both throughout the week. Uh, he did a naturalization ceremony, uh, he had a, uh, a pardon.
0: And oh yes the, the pardon yeah Yeah,
1: that's right and the, the and right afterwards on abc they went to his um you know they went to the the analysts who were there and chris christie was among them uh, an expert on uh, what constitutes government <laughs> corruption <laughs> and they said uh you know is this legal to uh to use your your function the functions of your office for political gain and christie's response was like well typically no but he's doing it and they love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they just kind of like, gossip, is like this is probably legal. They'll probably lost lawsuits fired tomorrow, but you're like, man, like this makes this makes for a good photo. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: hate it to them. With the Rose Garden, too, they weren't allowed to do that either, I don't think.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, who's going to stop them? Oh. You know, that's my question. Who's going to stop them? Obama tried. Obama uh, put those uh, wiretaps on him. Could do it. <laughs> so, that's my question. Um, yeah. He... Uh, One of the one of his funniest ones is like I I heard that he told people like you know what they love people love the wall I love to it's like he'd have people write him wall jokes because of how much people love the crowd love the wall ideas like it's like shit like that where he's just like he'll like ramble on all his speeches are the same like nobody ever listens to the entire thing he like rambles and does different stuff that people kind of zone out and then he'll be like the wall and then all of a sudden everybody just like wakes up they're like oh my god. Still the wall. It's like uh, it's it's like going to a um, uh, a Pretenders concert where they start playing new material <laughs> and they're like, well, this sucks, and <laughs> and then they start playing their hits and they're like, oh my god.
2: The, I think that you know it's like that weird thing with like comedy where it's like being used in a lot of commercials. Like every commercial is funny now, and then like Bloomberg, his whole campaign was like making memes about Trump. Yeah. And, like, I think he had comedy writers working for him.
0: He did. He did, yeah. And uh, not me, though.
2: Well, and I, I, yeah. did you submit a packet?
0: Well, the, you know, I don't fit either category of comedy or writer.
2: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a personality.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just nuts uh, in public. That's <laughs> my- <laughs> <laughs> I go to restaurants and I get to around of them. That's <laughs> <to click. laughs> And uh, here's I'll Stand By You by the Pretenders. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, this was a great talk. And you know what? That's our show. So uh, I think we'll end it there. Joe, is that OK? Yeah. Can we end it there? We talked to her for yeah, quite thank a you while. For having me. Joe, is there anything you want to plug?
2: No, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Just being alive. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, are you not doing any like uh, Zoom shows? Like remember you used to do the trivia or whatever. What, are you still doing that?
2: No. no, no. Are you guys doing shows?
0: No. just this. This is a show, right? Yeah. This is a show. Yeah. This is technically uh, uh, entertainment. Yes. <laughs> when, when so, we, yeah, when we
1: talk to the IRS, this is legally a show.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know,
1: well, yeah, and I, I'll just say it. Uh, you know, Joe, uh, my wife and I, uh, we watched Shrill, uh, mm. you know, this past season, and uh, my my wife uh, loved just in the background. In Shrill.
2: Oh, thanks.
1: As for so me, nice. uh... <laughs> 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 no, well, it's always a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: thanks for having me. This was so great. I feel what? so much smarter now.
0: Well, Joe, and let me say, I recently watched. Uh, let's see, what's a good one? Uh, <laughs> Don't think twice. And uh, you're so you, were, you were great in that.
2: So b- well, wow, you're so bad.
0: You were hilarious in Don't Think Twice. A movie that the rest of it disturbed me greatly. So, that's great. Uh, folks, as always, we always end with a final thought from our local uh, lawyer, uh, Alex Estrada. Alex, what is your final
1: thought? My, my final thought for tonight, I think the... Uh uh, the best advice uh, I, could, I could ever give at this point in time in my life is don't open your neighbor's mail. And if you do, for God's sake, don't Google them. And if you Google them, well, just hope that Alexis Pereira never finds
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> I count my hits. I count my hits every every day. You might get your number and then you'll end up with a guest on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not a guest. You're a co-host. And I need that, I need that bill.